Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to your program Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. It's a new week, it's Monday and that means that we are now going to be going into our very first segment being Knowing My Lord. Sheikh is still on the topic of Nabi Musa alayhi salam and Sheikh here will be recapping as to where Sheikh stopped last just to give our brains a little bit of a refresher. However, do know that you can send through your questions to the number 072 2380712 alternatively send through via SMS to 47913 to remember that the questions that you are going to be sending through must be in relation to what she has been mentioning as well as the segment also not to forget the workshop that is happening on the 22nd of April that is going to be at the lender here masjid in Mitchell's Lane from 3 to 5 p.m. inshallah so do then tag a friend along and also put that in your diary also Make a mental note if you're not someone to do with the diary. But for now, I'm going to be greeting Sheikh in studio. Sheikh, assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. I thank Allah Taala. And how's yourself, Auntie Yasmina? I'm alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Like I said, we are going to be jumping here into our first segment, being knowing my Lord. And here, Sheikh is going to be doing a recap as to where we stopped last. Sheikh Tafatul. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعد رب شرح لي صدري ويسير لي أمري وحل العبدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله وثانكس وبرايز يدعو الله تلا أويز وفرأيبه and then love and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. Allahumma ja'anna minhum, may Allah grant us, you and me, all of us, to be part of that, part of that following of our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to the best of our abilities. Allahumma amin, amin, ya rabbal alameen. People, before we actually start, <coughs> allow me, sorry for that one. Before we actually start with the with the uh, uh, this segment, allow me to just ask of you, if you don't mind, can we make dua together? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal Aqibatu Lil Muttaqeen. Wal Jannatu Lil Muahideen. Wal Aoudwana Illa Alal Zalimeen. Wal Salatu Wal Salamu Ala Ashrafil Ambiya Iwal Mursaleen. Sayyidina Wa Mawlana Muhammadin Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabi Ajma'in. Allahum Rahamna Bil Quranil Azim. Wajalhu Lana Imama Wa Nura Wa Huda Wa Rahma. Allahum Adakirna Minhuma Nusina. Wa منهما جهنا وارزقنا تلاوته آناء الليل وأطراف النهار على الوجه الذي يرديك عنا وجعل حجة لنا ولا تجعل حجة علينا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم جعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه برحمتك رحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا زدنا علما ورزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار ودخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي 
يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد واصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم باركنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Shukran for that one, Yasmina. Um, Alhamdulillah, in dealing with the, the segment of Knowing My Lord, we were last week on the segment where we dealt with Nabi Musa as to how Nabi Musa actually traveled back to, 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 to Egypt and he met up with Fir'aun. Um, or just before he meets up with Fir'aun. And, and, and this is what we did. Uh, uh, we, we spoke about his, uh, the fact that he came in, 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 uh, uh, in the area that he, he went to, uh, um, where he stayed and got married to the people there and made I have a family and we showed you the processes. What we did do see within this aspect of the life of Nabi Musa as to showing us from Allah Ta'ala. Now remember, Allah Ta'ala don't mention to us stories so that we can actually just say, MashaAllah, some way story. But Allah Ta'ala teaches us lessons. Allah wants us to look into it and to ask us, where do I find myself within this? How do I see the growth and the processes of the Anbiya and their challenges Allah's given to them and their people and how they reacted to Allah's command and how if Allah will challenge you and me in the future in various aspects Allah shows us what we're supposed to do so we you and I as a Muslim are not living Islam because we have it by ourselves Allah has given us everything needed for us to identify you and my, me our challenges we will meet up into life has happened to everybody other than ourselves many others prior to us yes my challenge is not the challenge of the next person and his challenge is not my challenge but Allah gives everybody challenges and Allah shows and teaches everybody as to the method and the way as to how we should be able to uh, guide our way through or as they say move or, or steer the ship that you live on in a manner to be able to become successful at the end of the day. And that's what Allah wants for us. And that's what Allah shows us in the Quran. And Allah wants us to recognize that the challenges is always going to be there. And so Allah shows us in the Holy Quran and we said to you, go to Surah Qasas, Surah number 28, from verse 20, 29, to verse 35 and you look see in there how Allah shows us the process that has happened to Fir'aun I mean to, to, to Musa when it comes to the development where he comes and meets in the process of those challenges Allah has given him to guide you and me and show him the process of having to be the person that Allah has chosen as being the Nabi to be able to go to Fir'aun when Allah gave him that responsibility and said to him, and Allah showed him the process of what happens 
with when the uh, Allah said to them to him take your stick and Allah spoke to him about your stick and Allah told him throw it uh, let it go and it, when he let it go if he, he found it became a snake Allah said to him then take that take it back and he, he was in a, in a sense of fear and fright and Allah granted him to be able to say to him the the messengers don't have fear in my presence take it Musa and 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 and, and, and Allah and Allah says it will return back to its, its its form and he went forward to grab it and as he grabbed it, it became a stick again subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah but now this is the extent of Allah till showing Musa these are of the needed gifts that I'm going to give you as the things that you're going to need to be able to deal with the people that you're going to now what we need to understand Allah says then secondly to him to Musa Musa if you do not mind raise your hand put your hand in your pocket and take it out and he, when he, he puts his hand into the side of him or as we would say into the pocket or uh, under the clothing and when he pulled it out it was bright a very very bright light shining stronger than the sun Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah we are still in our first part of the program being Knowing My Lord. And Sheikh, just before we continue, here is a comment that came through via our WhatsApp. It says, Salam, Sheikh. It's actually the narration of previous life experiences and we're supposed to learn from it even in the 21st century. Uh, shukran very much for that person who actually forwarded that comment. I want to uh, comment the person. It is as such. And precisely that is the reason why we presenting this to allow us to understand Allah wants us to be able to recognize where we see in the lessons from the Quran everything in it is only but the lessons of Allah and it is most relevant it is most relevant and by most relevant means it touches the life of each and everybody living in this era at this moment in the modern world that we are in it touches us it affects us and it gives us not only having to see the challenges of others but also the answers or the responses of those people in the way they dealt with those challenges and what the results would be if you do it. so we have it all a complete package everything in it the challenges of yesterday here being the same challenges of today only with the fact that we have the modern world that we live in our, probably our tools of today is different but the challenge is exactly the same and so it doesn't differ per the tool but it differs per the way the people reacted and the results that will come so if you want to know what results are going to be expected of you you see the way the others have done and how did they become successful and how did they fall prey to negativities and did not become successful and that's going to happen exactly to you and me and thus it is the lesson the most appropriate lessons for you and me living thus Allah has revealed it to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam more than 1400 years ago and it is the answers of today and to the moment of Yawm al-Qiyamah when the world will come to an end will be the best answers for man Right? And and just an added reality I want to hear say to you. The world that we're living in today, we have this approach to the world of saying, but that is not being tested. 
Allah showing the test in the Quran is being tested. The life of Fir'aun, the life of Nabi Musa, the life of the people of Nabi Musa, their life, and not them only, all those others which we've mentioned. It's been totally tested and tried and shown the results. And so if we say today it must be tested, it must gone through, gone, I've gone through a... Uh, experimental process and it must have gone through where we say the 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 results has been showing because of the fact that you've been taking it through to a lab where there's been results waiting for the lab has been life itself that's been the lab and there is results and results are shown to us perfect and if we only have the insight and the knowledge and the realization it is the best lab with the best tools for the time and so the tests that will happen yesterday that has happened yesterday will come to fruition again to you and me today in the modern world and the answers going to be exactly the same as what happened to those people in their time with slightly different tools that we have today the answers is going to come to exactly the same and that Allah shows to us and Allah does show, doesn't show it to us by one section Allah shows us to us to various processes through the history of man ever since the time of Nabi Adam his children and his children and his children and his children until the final children you and me until the day Yawm Al-Qiyamakam Allah shows us in this Quran the answers is exactly the same as happened to the same people the same challenges and they have been either become successful or not successful so may Allah grant us insight and understanding and I again want to say to this person thank you very very much it is an actual fact those lessons that Allah wants us to inflict reflect into so that you and I can become successful and not allow ourselves to be able to become unsuccessful in the process may Allah open the path for all of us and may Allah grant us that ability to be able to see where we stand with the circumstances and how we can develop ourselves from the lessons that's been drawn out of this Quran so that the issue of what we're dealing with when we speak about knowing my Lord through Uruhiyya submission to Allah for the telestasis that this world gives to us that we become successful in that so that Allah grants the success of this dunya our qabr and our akhirah Ameen, Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen Alhamdulillah, that allows us to come to see where we've been, shukran again, uh, in, in the process of what happened to Nabi Musa when he has been uh, uh, in the desert, traveling with his family, and the things that happened with him. We said one of the things that happened was the fact that he Allah allowed him to be able to say to him, Musa, take lift your hand up from underneath your clothing, and he lifted it up, and we said it was shining like the sun, much stronger than that. Subhanak la hawla wa la illa. And he was shocked at it. And Allah said to him, Musa, these are of the gifts that you're going to use as a means to be able to take the message. And then Allah says to him, I've chosen you to go to Fir'aun. And we say to you how he plead to Allah to grant him support of his brother and of what has happened in his past. And the words that he said to Allah that is common 
that we all know Rabbi Shrahli Sadri Wayasidli Amri Wahlul Ugdata Millisani Yafkahu Kauli. Now the words is so profound, Nabi Musa did not have this words prior, but simply because Allah inspired it into him, he said it to Allah and Allah uh, place it in the Quran for you and me to be able to see what Nabi Musa said and you and I must be able to use it like Nabi Musa who's had his challenges who had to meet up whatever it is he did not say the problem is too big it's not mine I can't take it if the problem is in your hands it is your problem so yes if the thing has happened it's Allah's decree it's gonna happen he can't say now no 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 uh, when it's happened, it's happened. There's nothing you and I can do. The difference between Nabi Musa and us, Allah prepared Nabi Musa. Allah prepared Nabi Musa for this. Allah in the sense that Allah Ta'ala supported Nabi Musa and letting him understand he's going to be a, 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 a prophet, but only at this stage. So when your and my challenges happen, it doesn't happen the same. It doesn't happen the same. You only meet up with it and then you realize, but this is what Allah has decreed for me. Yes, and examples, there are many, many, many examples that you and I need to accept it. Nabi Musa at that moment when this happened to him was in shock because he didn't, wasn't pre- he didn't go home, wanted to go to, 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 to Egypt simply because he wanted to go to Firaun and meet up with him. He went there with a simple intention that he wanted to meet up with his fa- family first, his mother and his family. But Allah created this for him. That desire that you have in your heart, we're going to create it as a means so that the moment you are somewhere on the route to be able to go, we're going to tell you that we didn't actually send you to go home to Egypt only. Nay, we've prepared you to become the messenger of mine, your Lord Allah Ta'ala, you are my messenger and you need to be able to go to Fir'aun and speak to him and give him my message. And then you need to take the people, the Israelites from, from uh, uh, Egypt and bring them back. Bring them, take them all and bring them to the land of Israel at that, uh, or, or the land today as what we call uh, Palestine. Now, I'm saying in the land of Israel because that is what what it was known by then. Uh, Unfortunately, the development of it, which we will deal with as we can see, what's going to happen in the process and whether those people that claim themselves to be the people of Israel today, um, whether they are worthy as to what Allah has shown us in the Holy Quran for what they have done. But that will still come, inshallah. So Nabi Musa begged of Allah for support, and Allah will promise him, you can have support of your brother, except for the fact that I expect of you to be able to keep your relationship with me very, very strong. A very important message for all of us, that whenever you and I meet up with challenges, Allah saying to you and to me, whenever, whatever your challenge is, if you want to be successful out of your, your challenge, keep your relationship with me. Samihni. Remember the challenges of Nabi Musa was to go to Firaun, to face up with Firaun. Now you and I will never ever be Musa. And whatever your challenges will be, or whoever is in your challenges, they will never ever be Firaun. 
So you and I are not going to be as powerful as Musa, as wonderful, as great as Musa. Neither is your challenge going to be as uncomfortable and as so destructive or so harmful as that of Pharaoh. It's never ever going to be that. Right? That was given to Musa. We are meeting with, with challenges somewhat similar today, as we've mentioned, as to what is happening in, 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 in Syria. Um, as some scholars or people will call the person in Syria, um, the, the man, his name is Assad, calling him the Firaun of today. He is, because he does every destruction that there probably can be, like the time of many years before. But what we want to say here, that the reality of that Firaun, of Nabi Musa, and the Firaun of today, they will never ever be the same. That was the challenge I was given to that the Nabi Musa, and mine will be similar in some way or another. But Allah Ta'ala is going to grant us success when you and I do what Allah said to Musa and to his brother, that you keep your link tight with me. Keep your dhikr with me tight. Be connected with me all the time. Let me be the one always there. Never ever feel that you are dealing with it and I'm in charge of my problem and I know how to handle. Then you and shaitan are very much the same and he's going to corrupt you. He's going to show you some goodness and you're going to feel proud about yourself but he's going to destroy you. Have your total reliance, total, not num- not 99,999% nay, 100% plus. Trust in only Allah. Believe not you can do it or I can do it. Believe it can only happen because of the support and that which you get from Allah. So that when there is an uncomfortable challenge and it's not as going so successful or the Allah's granted for you and within the challenge another challenge, then you don't fall down and you don't feel weak, but then you stand up strong and you believe this is part of the challenge and Allah is only going to grant me more strength. I need to have my total trust, my help, my assistance, my success only comes through Allah and nobody else. And so I need to have a strong sense of belief, strong sense of belief, strong sense of tawakkul, dependence and reliance. And I need to have a strong sense of iman, which is a belief, tawakkul and, 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 and yaqeen, trust that my Lord is going to be there for me and is going to grant me all the success. And after my challenge, success is going to happen. I need to have that. But that is what Allah is showing us to Nabi Musa and having to give him this load. And so sometimes you and I need others to assist us. And Nabi Musa showed us in his message, he called on his brother and he begged Allah to grant his brother to assist him. You and I can also go to Allah. Oh Allah, if there's anybody or anything, lead me and guide me to them. Lead me and guide me. Don't lead me through the path of shaitan. And don't let him come to help me. Don't grant him the ability to overtake me. Oh Allah, let me my link be with you only now. How does that happen? By having to keep our reliance, our dependence. On Allah by having to make excessive dhikr and that's what Allah says to Nabi Musa you keep yourself in content in continuous dhikr and I will meet, uh, uh, allow you to take charge of the processes where you will then take charge and you will then through my power take charge of him and you don't need to be afraid Musa 
And Allah then indicates to us, Nabi Musa left the situation and he went to his family. And when he went to his family again, after what has happened on the mountain with him, now remember we said he went there with a the hope and intention to get some people there. Yeah, how we went there with the intention, he said, if, I, if in case I don't get direction from them to where I must go to, then at least I can get some coals and bring it the cold here to bring heat to our place. So when he returned back, Allah gave him both. Allah didn't give him a physical coal to, to, to bring heat unto it, but Allah gave him all the support necessity for him and his family to be able to be that Nabi that Allah now is going to send to be and Allah guided him the path and Allah said to him you carry on on the route we will guide you as you go and to where you need to go to right and Allah took him Allah led him Allah guided him Allah didn't send him others and this is what Allah did to all the Anbiya Allah didn't allow any of the Anbiya to have one teacher to teach them anything Allah keep them away from certain knowledge like for instance in the young life of Nabi Musa he didn't have a teacher that came to teach him anything um, because he grew up in the palace he had all the luxuries and they were considered to be the intelligent and the ones that know everything and they learn through life as they deal with one another but they didn't have a teacher to be taught things they will be spoken to by their families and their friends and the people around them but they won't have a teacher who takes charge of them to guide them and to instruct them and to show them the path and the way but that has happened to all the Anbiya you and me, the law is Allah Ta'ala has given us the command You and me must go and seek knowledge Sheikh Shukran so much for that And that the end of the first segment being knowing my Lord We are going to go into our second segment being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? You know the drill, you can send through your questions Through to our WhatsApp number on 72 Alternatively send through an SMS to 47913 Remember that questions relating to the segment as well as what Sheikh is going to be mentioning about. And that's with regards to I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran Jazakumullah khairan ti Yasmina. Yes, in the, first, in the second segment that we are in at the moment is I am a Muslim and what is expected of me. Um, last week we dealt with, we completed what we call the Tayammum. We, we, we've done the, the Tayammum in full, we've given you all the details of the Tayammum, all the issues and the things that, that, that goes into the Tayammum there. And um, so we just some examples that we want to mention to you uh, of, of what has happened or the things that, that we've covered in the Tayammum. We said to you when it comes to Tayammum that Tayammum is something that um, the, it, it has its proof from the Holy Quran. Um, and, and then secondly, uh, there's the things that has made it permissible that we said to you. Um, uh, that it either can be that there's not uh, the, uh, the ability to use water or there is no water. Then tayammum would be the consideration for that. We said to you tayammum is used for uh, both the wudu and for the ghusl. We then also mentioned to do tayammum as, as, as used as part of the ground and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam showed us how to use it and then that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has used, his, uh, used it as Allah mentioned in the Quran Pak puts his hand onto the ground 
and then blow onto it to take the the excess dust away and then do that part of the dust that's leaving on the hands of the Nabi he rubbed his face with that and then after that he rubbed his left hand first with the right hand he rubbed right over the left left hand and then he rubbed over the right hand and then they put the two together and wiped it and he showed the Sahaba that that is the format of the use of the Tayammum and then lastly we indicated to you what is the things that validate it um, and, and, and we said to you um, the things that validate the process of it is the advice of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as indicated to us in the Holy Quran and now Allah has made it easy for us and, and then last but not least sorry uh, is the words the, the advice of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that you could use anything you could even stand at a place where there is a wall and you cannot see the dust on it and you can use that dust that is the extent that Allah grants us permissibility if the situation is where there is no water or water cannot be used and that brought us to the end of the tayammum we are now going over to the process of uh, additional process of the um, what we call the other impurities now for me to go into the other impurities allow me to say I would want to say to us we are dealing on the subject matter that they call Tahara and in Tahara refers to cleaning and or being free from any form of impurity which is spiritual impurities and physical impurities and I think by now we should be exposed to we, I think we have a very good understanding of what physical impurities is um, even though I'm gonna go into some of them um, but but we have uh, we have a, th- a thorough good understanding but the spiritual impurities is the ones that we've shared with you where when you the impurity uh, spiritual impurity is where you don't have voodoo um, the things that breaks the voodoo down or you don't have the you need a ghusl those things which actually broke down ghusl those created what we call spiritual impurities and when we speak about tahara in Islam we speak about the cleansing which brings about a physical uh, removes the physical impurities and brings cleansing physical cleansing and it removes spiritual and physical uh, impurities and, and, and replace that. May Allah open the path for all of us and grant us to develop. Subhanak. Allah shows us in the Holy Quran the issue about cleansing. Um, we as Muslims should be able to have some idea and I do not have the luxury to go to all those details. And I'm, I'm just to be able to serve all of us for basic understanding um, of the details we're not going into detail in fine the process of water now uh, water has various categories various or uh, double categories that there is in water but generally um, Allah indicates to us in the Holy Quran that the water that comes from the sky and Allah tells us, وَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً طَهُورًا Those waters are pure and clean. For what we need to use for water as clean, the water that comes from the sama, that water is pure and clean. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. 
So Allah has given us that and Allah says into us and we send down water that is pure and clean or purifying with that water whatever there is that you need to that comes from the sky. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa bi this is in surah uh, surah number 25 verse number 48 if anybody want to do the check on that. But so our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us with reference to the sea water, the water that's the sea water that's the sea. The Nabi says its water is pure and its animals that died in it are permissible for you to eat. So any animal that dies in the sea, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given you the total permission to eat it. Don't worry, it is halal and it is pure in its purest form and Nobody can say to you it is haram or no you can't eat it, it'll do harm to you. Allah and His Rasul has given you permissibility and says to you it is the most clean, most pure, and you can enjoy and eat it. Right? Um and so with no disrespect, I'm not saying this to be able to break down anybody, but what happens in our world today, and especially where the sea is concerned, people other want to take charge. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are in our second part of the program being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And do know that you can send through your questions if it is anything in which Sheikh is speaking about on 72 238 0712 SMS on 47913. Sheikh, you can listen. Shukran We were in this segment of I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We were dealing with the process of Tahara. The cleansing process and we're looking at the waters that there is that needs to be used in the process of tahara we were speaking of the fact that uh, the, the the waters that come from the sky according to the nabi sallallahu according to allah is pure waters um, no matter what happens with the development of the process as long as the thing is water it can be used for the process you consider that water as all clean water so the fact that people say that we must we have catchment centers where we catch up the waters on the from the roof to be able to get into a, a something big big containers where we can capture that is all halal for us no matter what they speak about the assets today and the this that and the other had going in the air yes these things to a certain extent but the water is pure in the words of allah that we can use that comes from the skies secondly the words the water of the sea in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the water is absolutely clean, it's pure. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, and if any animal dies in that water, or comes out of the sea, walks out of the sea, or comes out and then dies on the shore, then that is absolutely permissible for you, it's absolutely halal. Now most probably I would just want to mention to us that in the hadith that the ish indicates very clearly when at one stage a group of people got lost on a expedition of the sahaba radiallahu anhum then they got to the shore when they got to the shore they found that they didn't have food but they found a fish that was that came was came, that came out of the the, the the sea and died on the sea and they took of this fish meat and they cut it to be able for them to be to, uh, pieces so that they can have with them so that they can have food to eat because remember they got lost as we said and th they now have been on the shore they've taken of this because they don't know how far they're going to travel inland and when they're going to get back to the situation so they took of that meat with them and they, they, they ate of that 
And when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam um, heard of this, he said to them, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do you have any of that meat left with you? They said to him, yes, ya Rasulullah, we do have. And the Nabi says, and I would love to have of that. Which means, if you probably can give me of that, I would love to enjoy of that. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ate of that. Allahu Akbar. Which says to us what? It says to us, it is absolutely halal. Which means any animal that is on the shore, or that's a dead animal on the shore, or that uh, was, was, was that came out on the surf, on the shore, alive or dead, and dies afterwards on the shore, it's absolutely halal, everything of it is halal. And that's all the animals of the sea. And this is the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa So by the nature of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa words, all the animals in the sea is halal for you and me to enjoy. It's all halal because our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is the teacher to all of us, he says to us, it's absolutely halal. And he says that if it dies, and even if it's halal. So whether, no matter what, who says what, or what professor says what, or what the government says, that's their claim just to keep the control of things, and they don't want you and me to be able to enjoy that, and they'll make an issue about it all. Right? And so that they can have controls, that is important. But it's not the truth. An example I want to use here, the common Cape Town example that we know of, of the red tide that pushed out crayfish in, in tons. Right? Subhanak, it is in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa everything halal and it won't harm anybody, you won't get sick and it won't affect you negatively. It is absolutely halal. It is the purest form of halal. It is the most purest form and there is no proof of anybody that can say medically this. It's um, They use the term medically to stop you and me, to keep you and me, you and, me and the human being Allah sends it out of the, the, the sea so that the human being can use it for their benefit because Allah knows what Allah wants for the human being. And this is how Allah works. And He, the Lord who's created it all, knows what's the benef- benefits for us and what is not, what's harmful for us. And when it is negative and when it's positive. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam teaches us it's absolutely halal that which Allah has given to us. My, my point is to, to let us understand the purity of seawater. How pure seawater is. In the description of water, when it comes to, um, we see there's various forms of water. We see the sea, water that comes from the sea, water that comes from the sky, and then there's waters that is in lakes or waters that comes from, from wells, especially the water that's in wells, subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, that water, according to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, its nature is clean. Unless, according to the scholars, in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the impurities that it adds to it brings a change to the water, that you see it's not water no more. But generally, if you add anything to the water, the water is big totals, high totals in wells. And so obviously that water itself is clean. And the, uh, if you let the water stand in the well, the, the, the dust and the muddy effect will just go down to the bottom. 
and the water will be clean for your usages. Now similarly, the water in, 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 in lakes, if the, the water has some life in it and it's moving and alive, it's not standing water, because standing water is not clean water. If water is just standing there, just all the time standing, it brings about harm. But if it's water that's, that have life in it and there's movement and there's waves to it, then that water is all clean, absolutely good for the usage of man for cleansing. If you have just joined in, then assalamu alaikum to you. You are now just catching the beginning of our third segment, being leadership in Islam and its progression. Sheikh, you can continue, inshallah. Shukran jazakallah for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Um, Alhamdulillah, in this segment of leadership in Islam, last week we, we dealt with a, a portion in uh, a communication. We dealt with an issue called Shura, which it says in English, consultation. And we, I think we've dealt quite, quite thoroughly with that. Um, on my last session, I was wanting to be able to let the people understand the essence of how Allah Ta'ala says um, uh, in, in uh, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ فَاعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ وَشَاوِدْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ فَإِذَا أَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ Two important aspects I want to bring through here and, 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 and I've shared with the one aspect with you I hope to share with the other aspect with you today Allah Ta'ala shows to us in this consultation processes Allah Ta'ala says to us in this the surah in Surah number 3, uh, verse 159, Allah says to the Nabi and O Nabi وسلم, after all the things that you have with the Sahaba radiallahu anhim and you as the leader of them, um, pardon them, seek forgiveness on their behalf and consult with them. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And then after Allah says, make, after Allah says that to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah says to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa fa'idha azamta, if you've done what is necessary, you've done all those things that I've told you of, and you fulfilled and you came to your agreements and your understanding, and you've taken the, your uh, um, position as messenger, and you've now made your decisions, and it is final, فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ Then depend, and then only depend on Allah. Indirectly, Allah tells us to Nabi, don't expect to depend on your Lord when you did not fulfill the needs. Subhanallah. So it says, and, and here, this is not said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to insult him, to be able to speak ill about him. Nay, instead, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah shows to us these because Allah wants us to understand the lesson is not alone for the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but it's for you and for me. When you and I need to become the leaders of tomorrow, when you and I are in a situation where we need to lead, there is certain things that need to be in place. You need to be able to, when you deal with people, number one, you need to be able to pardon them. Secondly, you need to have the capacity to beg forgiveness on their behalf if you are their leader. And thirdly, you need to draw them in and consult with them of matters when you and I need to make decisions for things. But then Allah says, if you've done that, فَإِذَا azamta, If you that is the leaders now in the circumstances have done that, you've done those necessary things, you pardon your people, you can forgive them for the, and forgive them and you can actually ask pardon and forgiveness on their behalf 
and you can consult with them in matters that needs to deal with things that you're dealing with if that is what you're doing فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ Then and then only can you put your total trust in Allah and expect what comes out is Allah's decision and best for you under the circumstances. Not necessarily what you preferred, but that which Allah is now going to allow to happen, that is what Allah wanted. And this is how Allah is going to guide us in the processes. But most of the time, فَإِذَا أَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ Most of the time you will find successes when you actually do, do these, these things. For now you depend on Allah Ta'ala. But the other important aspect that we need to look at and see seriousness about it is the fact that you are now consulting. So what what is indirectly happening here? Allah is indirectly saying to you, the consultation is a process that you must deal with in your life. And this is what we need to take. And consultation is your interaction with your people dealing with the things that, de- that you are dealing with, right? On your worldly matter. Not the salah is the salah with the adhan decisions the waqt is dasu the qibla is all these things has been given to us so we can't go make a decision on on this but you can make a decision whether you want to now do x y or z that that is affecting your example so it is not told to you when you must go on to jihad right but when the circumstances is there and you need to be able then to consult to be able to see that you actually and do the necessary preparational things for it if you do then if you've done all that fatawakkal Allah depend and rely on Allah Ta'ala when you do that and you expect successes to come out of the process but the, the important aspect is that sense of interacting with the human race that we've said earlier when somebody is the leader when somebody is in charge in leadership, there is not the possibility that anybody can take a decision without having to consult, and that is what we wanted to show you. And consultation says in the the word consultation means uh, your interaction and your relationship with the matters that affects you in relationship to the rest of the other people or the others that's around you. Now, most probably here, I just want to be able to understand, Islam does not deal on the issue of consultation and sees it the same as the issue of democracy. Nay, democracy is when you tell everybody, everybody has a right and a say. Islam says no. No, 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 no. Those of you with the intellect, those of you with the knowledge, those of you with the experiences, those whom we've given the insight, they must make the decision. And they, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, has been chosen as messenger. Who of the Sahaba did he consult with? And he consulted with them. He didn't consult with everybody. And whenever he consulted with everybody is something that they need to give. So he would give a direct question to them and expect to them to react directly. The example thereof is what happened at the Battle of Uhud. At the Battle of Uhud, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that I've been informed by Jibreel alayhi salatu wasallam that he will be coming that the, 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 the people of Makkah will be coming all the way with the intention to, uh, to attack Medina. And they are going to come. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, there's two options that I probably can give you. So we see in his, in his advice, 
or in his command as leader, he actually puts it very specific to us, and he says to us, you need to be able to say one of the two that we need to do. And what is it? The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, we either go out and meet up with them somewhere and fight them, as an army, they are an army, they come out and we are an army and go, we can fight them at a battlefield. And or we wait in the city of Medina and we take charge of the, the hills and the hilltops and we take charge of the, 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 uh, um, the, the homes and the houses and we are there. And these people will be coming into the city, into our streets, into our area and we will be on top and we will be able to attack them from above. One of the two. Which one of the two would you prefer? And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi opened this for everybody. And some of them decided X and this X decided. And then a group of the youth said to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, O Messenger of Allah, the night, the day before, the, the year before, uh, 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 we weren't given the right to be able to and when we said to you we would have wanted to go and fight in the battle of, of Badr uh, you said to us inshallah your time will come and may Allah grant you and so it wasn't meant for us then but ca uh, can we go now and, and everybody wanted to go with the youngest person that shares his indications that he wanted to go with is a boy at the age of 11 years old. Subhanak, la hawla wa la illa billah. Feeling he wants to go into the battlefield, he wants to go and fight for Islam, he wants to protect this deen, he wants to establish this deen into humanity, and he wants to see that he is part of that, who's taken the deen to open the, the, the wisdom of Allah to humanity, so that shaitan doesn't take the upper hand. Subhanak, la hawla wa la illa billah. And many of them, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa as the youth, gave them permission to go. Except for the boy of 11 years old, said to him, you're not that uh, age as yet. Inshallah, your, your chances will come. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. But this is the extent of understanding what you're going to do. And how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa consulted with everybody, opened the door to everybody for, for their consultation. And they became vociferous with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and they kept on and reminding the Nabi, said the Nabi, and they felt that they are good. we are going to go out, we are not going to be, they be, according to the youth, they were going to be cowards to wait in the city of Medina for these people to come. And of the elders of the other people that there is, the, 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 the Quraysh group, the people of Medina, the Medinites, the, the Ansar, they indicated that we can rather do it in the city and then there was a group of the people who was called the Munafiqin, who in actual fact feel very strong that they must stay in the city and fight here. But Allah has declared as such that the youth got over to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa so strong the message that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to them, yes, wait, I'm going. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa left uh, the situation, went into his house. And as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa now all this happened in the masjid. And as the Nabi went into his house, he, he, he dressed himself sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the armor for fighting the battlefield. As if he wanted to say to them, yeah, you see me dressed in the armor, meaning we are going out to fight them. We're going out. 
But during the occasion whilst uh, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa went into the house to dress in the armor, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu got up and faced the youth and said to them, um, but you were now forcing your way. The best for us is to be able to listen to Allah and His Messenger. Uh, you can, uh, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was asking your view and your opinion. He didn't ask you to be able to toy toy your way through to want to be. And, 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 and you wanted your way and you felt you in actual fact should be listening to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and listen to his view. Because as Muslims we are guided by Allah and his messenger for everything we do. And we do not force anything onto anybody. Right? And so Allah shows us in the Holy Quran. لا إكراه في الدين. Nobody will be forced into this religion. And that belief that the world wants to give you and me, that Islam spread via the sword, is an absolute lie. For nobody, wallahi, tallahi, billah, nobody entered this deen. And nobody ever will ever enter this deen being forced to be able to enter. They will force you out of this deen. They will kill you, they will harm you, they will destroy you. But and they will use lies to say that Islam was spread by the sword. That is the lies. That is the Outer lie. The truth is, nobody says Allah in the Quran. Nobody will ever, ever, ever enter into this deen being forced. If they are forced, Subhanak, they will be given the right to choose whether they want to go. Subhanak la hawla illa billah. So only the righteous, whom Allah has chosen to want to be righteous Muslimin, will be granted the opportunity to enter into this deen. May Allah grant you and me to be able to come with righteousness. And if we have made errors and mistakes, we beg Allah to forgive us. And that we choose to go into this deen because of the love for this deen. And because of the fact that we need to see that we are part of when Allah has selected you and me to be a Muslim person. That you and I protect this deen. And we pass it over to successes for the future, inshaAllah. May Allah grant khair and barakah for all of us. The, uh, the point that I want to come into the, uh, of what I want to mention of how we see the consultation processes that happened with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu consisted and spoke to the Sahaba radiallahu anhu and especially with the youth and told him, so when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came out of, the, out of the house and dressed in the armor and the youth got up and they said, Oh Messenger of Allah, before you go anything further, we realize that what we've made is a mistake and we were... We were and we were hard and we wanted our point um, but but please if if you don't mind uh, uh, we want to take back what we've said and then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said I would have accepted what you've said but the situation by Allah is if a Nabi has dressed in armor ready to go and fa face the army then he must go out to face the army so the decision has been made. I have, I'm dressed and there's nothing else that can be done now. So we're going out to meet up with the army. Subhanak. La hawla wa la illa billah. And Allah taught us furthermore lessons out of what has happened. That happens in this battle of Uhud. From various angles we come to see various things. I don't have the luxury to go into the battle of Uhud. My point was to what extent did the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do the consultation. And when the norms is of consultation, that you open it up to specific people with specific skills, with specific knowledge, and you consult them, and then the leader makes a decision on behalf of everybody. And what the leader does make as, as, as a command, and he, 
He has not given you and me the democratic right to decide. You and I will not have that. And so if we don't have the democratic right, what the leader has decided must be implemented. And the implementation of you and me is then the our submission to Allah and His Rasul. Because it's the leader, especially when he has taken the process, فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ He has done what Allah, he's done the azam, he's done what with the guidance and the direction, and he's followed the instruction and he's consulted with those people, and he's done all those things. So the necessity is of the, the, the believer then to carry out, if there's a leader amongst the Muslim ummah, that the leader must be carried, we must honor the command of the leader. And must probably just here, I want to mention to us a hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the hadith specifically deals with the topic of leadership. Very specific. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, The Imam was placed in the position as a leader of all of you. He's made your leader. We've made him a leader. They will always be an imam for the simple reason that you can learn the lesson of what it is like to be respectable followers so that you carry out the responsibility. When he gives the command, you do so. And we see the salah. When you look at the salah that then, when you speak of salah, when there's an imam, there's a specific method. Inshallah. We're about third segment, and that is leadership in Islam and its progression. And yes, she is going to be continuing as to where she stopped. Shukran jazakallah Yes, we're busy in the issue of what happened with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum at the battle of, of, of Uhud. And, and, and we uh, just wanted people to understand the fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was dealing in a process of consultation. And, and, and that was the one example that there is that was a general consultation that we did with all the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And, 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 and then we see that our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us at other occasions that uh, uh, it's best to be able to the the leader chooses a group of people that he's normally with and those people is the consulting people that he has he throws them in and he consults with them from time to time but as a leader that doesn't mean he only consults with them and he doesn't listen to others if there's anybody with a, a an idea and and he, that the Nabi did not consult with, but the person comes up with idea and is good, then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa will take to that. And that format of consultation is when somebody else sees anything and recognizes. And we find one of those happen in the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where a person at the, at the Battle of Badr, at the Battle of Badr, the very first battle, the Sahabi, uh, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made a decision and decided we are going to stand here. And this Sahabi came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, O oh, Messenger of Allah, tell me the decision that you've made of we're going to park here and, uh, uh, and this is where we're going to set up our tent as our place and we're going to face that way in case the, the other army come and this is how we're going to deal with him. Um, he asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O oh, Messenger of Allah, is that from Allah or is that from yourself? And the Nabi says, that is from myself, why? As to what is the reason why, uh, that, that is for myself, that's my own view that I say that. And then he said, O Messenger of Allah, if we stay here where we are and the water wells will be in front of us, then that means to say they have the right to be able to come and take charge of the water wells and they might just keep us away in the need when we are in battle 
and we don't have water, then they have a better control over us. Whilst if we move forward, O Messenger of Allah, and take our place where we are camping with the water wells part of that, then we are in charge of the water wells, and they we can decide to give them water from time to time, but if they are in charge of the water wells, they might just prevent us from having of the water. And then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to the people, Oh people, I told you that we're going to uh, uh, um, uh, uh, place ourselves here for now, set up tent here. But I, I want to tell you, I've just been informed by one of these Sahaba to be able, uh, who's given me some insight, and we're moving to the front. They just move to the front and actually take charge of the, and, and move forward where we take charge of the, the wells. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Showing to us that what happened in life and how Allah allows our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to be the lesson to us. What probably happens to leaders? Nobody knows everything. So consultation is an important factor. And sometimes somebody knows something and he goes up to the leader and he says to the leader, I, I've seen you done that. And he does not blame the leader and he does not make the leader feel bad. But he says, I have a different view or a different opinion. And, and says, this is my view and opinion. And the leader can still decide to be able to either go to that, what this person says, or other. But if, he, if that is part of the group has consulted with, and he has made an agreement, the leader has made an agreement with them, and he's then come to a decision, and that decision that he takes, everybody must see that they carry out and live that decision. Now, that happens in every way of our lives. And it is not only to happen in the battlefields, it's supposed to happen in our homes. For there is where we rear leaders. We don't rear leaders on the battlefield. We don't rear leaders in the different organizations. We don't rear leaders in, in, in our institutions. We rear them back home. The person who needs to rear them is the leader in the house. The leader who is Professor Mom and Professor Dad, these leaders, and listen to Allah's words in the Holy Quran, when Allah speaks about the leadership, Allah says, when you and I are the parents of our homes, we must beg Allah. And we must say to Allah, Oh Allah, listen to me, this is my interpretation, Oh Allah, the, the load of rearing children is a difficult, difficult, difficult task. It's unbearable. It's something that we cannot do and grant the, the success out of it. It's just uncomfortable, Allah. The rearing of children, to develop them to become adults for future purposes, is a bombastic and a very, very uncomfortable, massive load that we most probably will not be able to fulfill. The words of Allah, Rabbana hablana min azwajina Grant our partners and our offspring kurrata ayun That they become those people that we are absolutely satisfied with That our team, our followers, our generations to come That we grant to nurture them, we develop them, we teach them, we skill them, we direct them in a way that we will absolutely be happy and satisfied and they will not harm us, neither will they hurt our emotions and our feelings and they will not allow us to tear because of the way they go into life.
Do note that you can send through your questions to our WhatsApp number as well as our SMS number. And we are in our final segment being leadership in Islam and its progression. And Yal allow Sheikh to continue. Sheikh Tafadol. Shukran for that one, Yasmina. We ended off with an ayah of Allah Ta'ala where Allah Ta'ala shows us the need for us to be able to be able to rely and depend on Allah Ta'ala. That we need to make dua. That you and I need to develop with reliance and dependence on Allah Ta'ala. Rabbana hablana grant us as a gift. Min azwajina of our partners. Wadhurriyatina and of our offspring. Qurrata ayun that will be a contentment to our hearts. Contentment to our eyes. Waja'anna and grant us ya our Lord. Lilmuttaqina imama. That we be leaders. That we guide the way. That we show the way. That we instruct. That we show them, that we prepare them, that we nurture them to become future leaders, inshallah. Ya Rab, for those who have iman and taqwa. Ya Rab, lilmuttaqina imama. So that we become leaders for those people. Who are, so imagine, we, so indirectly Allah saying, you work towards yourself, you beg of Allah for the, to grant you these type of people, and you work at the taqwa levels of yourself. You develop your own taqwa, you develop your own iman, you develop your own development and relationship with Allah continuously, and then depend and rely on Allah, and you beg of Allah to grant you that support that you need to have. And so, and then all this. And you and I, the person who's been granted that, you must be then the person who guides the generations for the future. So as we've said, the development of a leader does not happen at the university. It does not happen at a school. It doesn't happen at the big kindergarten. It happens right through the life of the person by professor mom and professor dad. And so if Professor Mum and Professor Dad is doing their duty, then subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, you'll see the outcome of the, of, of the generations that is leaders for their generations and guide their people to what is best for the dunya and best for the akhirah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. Just before Sheikh continue further on, there is a question that came through via our WhatsApp. It says, Assalamu alaikum. Can Sheikh repeat that dua Sheikh made for the offspring just before the break, inshallah? Shukran jazakallah khair, barakallah fikum. The words of Allah in that dua, this is dua, is the words of Allah in the Holy Quran. And Allah teaches this because Allah knows what you and I are in need of. All the duas that we are in need of is to be found in the Quran. And because Allah teaches us. And if not in the Quran, it comes via the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he was sent as the teacher to teach you and me. And the words of Allah that Allah chooses, that you and I should say when it comes for our offspring, Rabbana, O oh our Lord, Hablana, ground us as a gift. Min azwajina, of our partners, wa and our offspring, kurrata a'yun, that will be a contentment to our hearts, or contentment to our eyes. Meaning, my eyes is not going to become uh, bloodshot, red, a feeling uncomfortable and the tears was going to come out because of pain of my families. No, it's the opposite, says Allah. Grounds us families is going to be a contentment that we feel happy and good with when they carry out and do, do what Allah tells guide them. Waja'anna, but grant us, O Allah, us, the mom and the dad, the parents, the responsible people, grant us the ability and the strength. Lil Muttaqina Imama, that we be the leaders 
to them and let them be the people who submit to you in the course and for them to submit in the course if i'm the leader i need to submit to the cause of allah first if i want to have my followers to be of those who follow the path of allah as well but I'll open the path for all of us grant us for forgiveness for our shortcomings and grant us with this best for our dunya and best for our akhirah and we were coming to use all this as a means to say to us Allah Ta'ala is saying indirectly a process of development with your scholars or your team or your followers is a necessity and development through that needs to happen and that happens at what we say is the home and the home nurtures and prepares and develops the young man and the young lady to become responsible men and responsible ladies for future generations to guide humanity and to for them to know the only reason that they are where they are now is to be able to become adults for tomorrow and to prepare the next generation so they can also be their adults and fulfill the process in the pro in that and that if they are prepared to follow allah and his soul their offspring is going to do the same and it's going to carry on by not just doing it or imagine it or dream it to be but the effort that they need to put in in preparation of them and that preparation preparing them to become the leaders for future generations it's not an easy task and thus Allah has taught us you need your Lord Allah and depend and rely on him and beg of him constantly that he assist you and help you to be granted that and Allah Ta'ala can change things sometimes our children is not that sometimes our partners is not that but if you and I are sincere and according to Allah Ta'ala Allah can grant us successes for the way forward the importance is that we need to understand it's all about a mechanism of development that you and I need to see that becomes it's not a dream and a hope and a wish it's effort it's hard work for to be a leader a leader is somebody who teaches the others who prepares them a leader guides them so if Allah says to them well, the mom and dad must want to be leaders then they must be people who wants to carry out the obedience of Allah and his Rasul in this dunya so that their children can be of those who submit to the cause of Allah and his messenger time goes so quick we need to come to the we've come to the end of this program let us make the final dua bismillahir rahmanir rahim wal asr innal insana lafi husr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bi sabr wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa salim subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin four o'clock on the dot from myself yasmina peterson as well as the rest of the team we wish you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh have a great day for that